podcast. <sighs> yes. Yes. It's all good. <laughs> it's happening and it's alive. All right. Boom. What's up, people? Welcome to Creative Theories Podcast, the show that brings you conversations with visual artists about how they got to where they got, what their day to day is like, what their struggles are, thoughts, um, relationships with the art world, and a lot more. Today, you got a man of great character in studio, uh, artist, designer, illustrator, the man behind the motto, good work, working hard. I really want to know what that's all about. It sounds really catchy and sounds really good. We got Benjamin T. Stone. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Ilya. It's a total pleasure to be here and finally get a chance to meet you. We've been trying to get together and, and chat for a long time, so it's yeah. nice to um, finally have it happen. Yeah, I was trying. To, uh, I was trying to track down this guy for I feel like for months now, and I think uh, podcast yeah. is a good excuse. Yeah, exactly. and also now I can just ask you all these questions that I wouldn't be able to ask you in person because now it's like, or I would be, but now I feel like I can, like really dig in yeah yeah because if, 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 yeah. <laughs> if we met for the first time and i just started throwing all these questions at you you'd think i'm a weird person yeah exactly rather than just talking about what tv shows you're watching or something yeah like that. this is this is the reason why i like to do the podcast but uh if you don't know benjamin's uh work uh before we get going to this thing uh just uh find him on instagram benjamin t stone that's right yeah. and then website benjamin Tom thompson stone that's right yeah dot yeah. com that's yeah dot com. Huh? I see. Not That international flavor of dot com. That's right. So tell me about good work working hard. I'm curious, how did that start out? Yeah, well, I went to the idea program at Capilano to study illustration and design. And as you're sort of going into the final months of your third year, or at least it was a three-year program when I attended, they really stress developing an identity for yourself as a designer or an illustrator or whatever you're sort of de deciding to go out into the world as mm -hmm. and uh, and being able to have some kind of identity that people will be able to um, recognize as an asset um, if they're looking to hire or freelance or whatever it is and so that was just part of uh, my attempt at the very least to create some kind of a, uh, an identity that uh, that people could look at and glean some kind of notion of who I am and what I would bring to their to their studio. But did you make it up or did it, where did it yeah. come from? Yeah, yeah, made it up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it sounds like it could be a pretty good movie. I think good work, working hard. Maybe yeah, maybe like a what I don't know. two cops. I was, I was gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's uh, a total cliche, but yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, and buddy cop movie. There you go, and uh, <laughs> and from. Uh, in school, did a lot of people end up doing something like that, or is it like the path that? You, uh, uh, sorry, like even just having this as a quote is that a motto? A motto, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, there was a lot of work done, I think, by everybody to, to do uh, a fair bit of writing to to understand what their assets were and what they could bring to studios and be able to express that in a in a clear way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they really it, it's a program that really emphasizes being. Work ready and be able to go into uh, a workplace and and uh, immediately sort of like hit the ground running. So I think people gave a lot of thought as to how they would be able to apply their mm -hmm. skill sets and a lot of thinking was done around that. The same way that you would do uh, if you were doing a branding project or something like that, where you would really want to understand the client and what they had to offer. And I think the same kind of principle people apply to themselves mm -hmm. in order to understand what uh, what unique sort of value they would be able to bring. Cool. I, I actually want to talk about school a little later, but I think while we're here, we can chat about that. 
Um, did, were you okay with the fact that you're making you work ready as a goal? Yeah, totally. I, I mean, in I an art that, school, <laughs> that was uh, that was a big selling feature for me as far as choosing um, the idea program because. When I decided to go back to school to study design and illustration, I applied to the IDEA program and I applied to Emily Carr, and and I certainly have nothing against um, the training that's provided at Emily Carr. I know lots of people who have had a phenomenal experience there, but mm -hmm. um, being a bit older and going back to school, I think the appeal of going somewhere where the uh, the end goal was being able to find some kind <laughs> of employment was uh, was a big draw so so uh, yeah that was uh, I, I was more than happy to have that sort of be uh, a guiding principle of the program totally and it is a very good goal is just that balance that I guess maybe cannot be reached because yes when you talk to people from the car or especially you know when you go into some programs that are a lot more abstract I mean, and when you finish the four years, you're like, well, how does that make money? And sometimes yeah. it doesn't, unfortunately. And yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I often say maybe it doesn't have to, because maybe that's not the point. But yeah, and then so the, and then you got the other hand, where in my case, I would say, and I guess it sounds like in your case, it, it was technique over conceptual. You know, it was like technique first, and of course, it's going to get you a job. It's cool. It, I don't know how how there can be a balance. But, but you found your training was more about technique than very much about so conceptual. Technique. Because so uh, I studied as a, uh, to be an animator and yeah right. So I mean apart from live drawing, and actually well live drawing is very much to build technique. Yeah, I mean, everything in animation itself is a very uh, precise, and you have to really know all the principles. So it's it's got it's got its rules. It, it actually has twelve principles of animation. So mm. it's totally technique, and uh, the one thing that you get to learn that's more I don't know, like artistic or conceptual is probably learning acting because as a good animator, you need to do, oh, you need to create yeah, believable acting. So yeah. you may not act well, but you have to learn how to recreate good acting. And, and yeah. to know what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. And, and hopefully quite often you'd shoot reference. Also, it helps if you can kind of act when you try to right. pretend to be a dinosaur or something like that and, yeah. and then turn that into anime. <laughs> and I think any illustrator or person who, who does especially like figurative work, they uh, they have that experience of like catching themselves in the facial expression of the thing that you're trying to draw. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah, if you're going figurative yeah. stuff, especially if you want to tell stories or show motion, that's kind of yeah, yeah. Which uh, and uh, you do that pretty successfully. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's uh, it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Where uh, I I mean, I really love drawing people, and it's it's been the subject matter that that I have barely strayed from almost my entire life. Like I like most creative people like you know I was drawing since I was a kid on the kitchen floor and but uh, but I've been thinking more and more about that recently that uh, that I'm feeling a bit like um, uh, like it would be good to expand my skill set a bit you know <laughs> because you feel like uh, you know you do this one thing and you're practicing and practicing it because you want to be able to get good at it and then uh, I, I don't know I guess I'm just beginning to feel like <laughs> well it was the the quote that I or the the comment that I put on the face on the Instagram post when I was saying that I was going to be on here about only being able to draw old guys <laughs> with long faces I love it and it's uh, <laughs> I, I feel a bit like I just have mm -hmm. this one thing that I can do so I, I'm I'm uh, very consciously trying to think about other things that I can <laughs> you've drawn dogs some skills. that one illustration had a pretty cool dog there's, in it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a tree in there yeah yeah exactly no I'm yeah. sure you can draw. so what is this 
what is it that you think you need to work on like what is when you're saying you need to expand your i guess subject matter what is that next thing yeah you know honestly i don't know but i think it's uh i guess i feel like i'm just inhibiting myself a bit um because it's uh i feel like the style that i work in is so attached to that specific subject matter mm -hmm. and i guess i'm wondering a bit like how that style transfers over to uh to content that is a bit broader you know um there's this one illustrator who i just think is like absolutely phenomenal named uh, mark aspinall and uh okay. he works out of the uk and he does a lot of editorial work and poster work and mm -hmm. and he has this absolutely like incredible uh mid-century style that uh, like bob peak kind of looking in robert mcginnis style mm. oh yeah and absolutely incredible and the guy can just draw anything i'm trying to and find him right uh, now as we're talking i don't know what the artist is that him mark aspinall a yeah yeah that's the guy yeah Sorry, keep going yeah yeah. And, saying, yeah. Uh, so anyways i just see this guy where his style is so consistent and can be applied to literally any subject matter so i just uh, i see somebody working in that way where they are really confident in themselves as uh, as an identity as an illustrator but that their their sort of range of content is enormous but I, i don't understand why you don't think you can do that oh it's not that like i feel like i can't but uh, i think it's I maybe partly because i don't take on a lot of freelance work so when you're choosing your own projects you know mm. you kind of tend to swerve in one direction towards people with towards hats. people with hats there you go yeah exactly. i love it but yeah. honestly i think anything you bring into the look that you do uh, doesn't you can draw a godzilla or a car and the way you work <laughs> i don't think you need to go out of your uh, of your choice like of your i don't want to keep using style of your like of the way you create images the way you craft your compositions and the way you, uh, you draw and like use line work and really pull shapes that can work with anything i think yeah yeah so, for sure yeah yeah so i, I think I, it's also thinking a bit about because i'd like to take on more projects that aren't self-initiated and uh i think the thing that maybe um inhibits me from really chasing that down is is not really knowing where my work kind of fits into the world because i'm not an intellectual in the way that uh, great sort of editorial illustrators mm -hmm. are where the this always always such a strong idea behind it um like you probably know christian fowley who yeah. attended the idea program it's like i did and you're a beast yeah <laughs> i mean just completely yeah. brilliant and uh the the conceptual thinking behind his images are always so strong so uh, anyways that's a long way to say um it's just having me think about sort of like where the work that i enjoy doing would fit into the world and and uh i just feel like you're being way too humble right now <laughs> you're just like oh, i'm not i don't do conceptual work i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> once again if you're listening get on his uh, instagram and check it out it's beautiful and uh, uh some pieces that do stand out i'll have to actually so what benjamin i asked benjamin to send me some pieces to put on instagram and he said i think he sent me eight and i just sat there probably i don't know 30 40 minutes i couldn't decide it's like oh. they're all good i don't know what to do so <laughs> when when he speaks just to accept the fact that he's just just uh, another artist like all of us who don't seem to love our work as oh, much <laughs> uh, yeah exactly i mean you yeah. do it in the next day you're uh, you're ready to tear it up it's just <laughs> an inevitability but do you so it sounds like do you prefer working on the, you said non non self-initiated work but so let's say like freelance projects do you enjoy those better than your 
pursuing personal work? Oh, well, you know, it's not uh, it's not really a preference of doing one over the other. I think uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a full time designer. And so that occupies a lot of my time. And not that I feel like uh, there aren't enough hours in the day to get everything done. But uh, but I'm not trying to actively make sort of a living out of being an illustrator. And, and I take so much personal pleasure from creating the work that I do that uh, that being able to just like go home at the end of the day and do something for myself gives me a lot of satisfaction mm -hmm. and uh, and I don't have to worry about getting gigs that are going to be able to pay the rent. Um, so I, I do take on freelance work. There's maybe like a, you know, a project or two every month and some projects are bigger than others. Like I just finished up a, a packaging project that is, is definitely one of the bigger illustration jobs that, uh, that yeah. I've done. And, yeah. and that was a total complete pleasure to work on and I would love to be able to do more projects like that and it had a lot to do with with uh, the client they were fantastic to work with you know like we we got in touch over Instagram which has kind of been an amazing connecting tool and and uh, they basically said you know we like what you have to offer so like this is the basic kind of like framework of the thing that we're looking to have you do and just like do your thing which is <laughs> a rare opportunity. It turned out amazing. That's a Bryceland and Co. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. That it looks really good. Three of them. I I love that it it looks. Uh, it's not just illustration. Or uh, from my perspective, it seems like the mix of illustration and design, which I imagine for you, that's probably the most ideal spot. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. I mean, if uh, if I could have described a dream project, it basically would have been the brief for yeah. that one because it's it's packaging, which I love. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's men's clothing. It's, it's, uh, sort of vintage leaning. Um, it's, it's figurative work. That was something that they really wanted to capture. So like the, the three figures that are on that packaging, it's two of the owners and mm -hmm. then, uh, the father of one of the owners. And so, yeah, it was like right down my yeah. alley as far as the type of work that I want to do. Yeah. Do you enjoy those projects more than full-time gig? <laughs> you know the the illustration and design i i find they uh they're they're like totally kind of distinct mm -hmm. for me they uh they they really kind of like work different parts of my brain so i don't feel at all like i'm sacrificing time by working as a designer during the day and and that work is is also so uh distinct from the work that i do as an illustrator that uh that i find that it's a real pleasure to get to do those two things because uh then you don't feel like, oh, I've been doing this, the same thing all day, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to go home and work on the same thing. So, uh, as a designer, it's uh, I'm we tend to work in kind of the experiential design world. So it's exhibits and wayfinding and signage and that kind of thing. So it's uh, it's drastically different from many of the freelance jobs that I take on. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. Just because a lot of people do talk about burnout, especially when it is the same thing, and. and it may be i guess it may be surprising but i find that even though i'm painting at work and i'm going home but it's i think even the transi transition from digital to traditional medium it, mm. it, it now feels like a different brain like part of your brain yeah somehow and maybe the approach as well i don't know but because i can relate work, to that the work yeah. you do for yourself is is mostly traditional mediums yeah right? yeah, yeah. I, I i'm i'm probably going to try to do some digital illustration but i wonder if i'm going to regret it very quickly 
because you feel like oh it, it's it's so fast like, i can change the colors and in like the flash not of, like, even a it, just mostly because i'll be sitting by the computer too long you know it's yeah. like oh, eight yeah. hours plus yeah. plus more but, yeah, yeah exactly yeah was that a conscious decision for you to knowing that so much of your work during the day is sitting in front of a computer that on your own time you want to be able to work with with a real like tangible medium i always used um traditional medium uh, it was generally and then I, I would say i started taking painting a lot more seriously or considering a lot more serious maybe five six years ago just mm. because i was i got in a circle of friends here in vancouver who i saw just were pursuing the fine art career very heavily i guess and to yeah. me it seemed pretty incredible and i i think being in both worlds is pretty fun to be yeah. able to see the commercial side and then the the fine art side so it wasn't a conscious choice not i think now it is more so just mm -hmm. once again talking about the whether it's sitting in front of a computer or just being able to hold something physical. And I have a feeling you can probably relate to it very much to uh, handmade things because I know you're, you appreciate those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love doing silk screening and, uh, and stenciling and, and all that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, like you said, there's such an appeal to be able to have something that uh, is uh, you can hold in your hands rather than it, <laughs> it being pixels reproduced somehow. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think where to go with this because we can continue talking about school, but uh, actually, maybe I'll just get back to it because <laughs> originally the way I wanted to start this kind uh, of conversation is uh, on your website. You wrote that something like it, some people may say I'm old-fashioned. I think that was the <laughs> intro line. And following you on Instagram and seeing your photography that you share as well, I feel like I get I I got a, a very strong sense at least of your of what you like i don't know if, how much of it is of who you are because you choose to put out uh, people choose to put out only a certain amount about themselves so of course yeah it's I, always I, a in reality i can't i version. can't know you through your social media but i feel like in i can tell the taste that you have and it's definitely i guess yeah you can use the word old-fashioned or you're you're saying vintage and it feels like yeah that's that's you <laughs> yeah yeah and it's something that uh, i kind of <laughs> i came up against a fair bit in school because it's a it's a program that really wants to encourage you to have uh, a broad range of assets and uh, sort of styles that you can work in because for the most part if you're going to be working at a studio that you're going to be working on a range of client projects and they're going to always be asking for different things and I totally could understand that rationale but yeah I have such an affection for um, sort of like particular periods of time that are kind of like uh, pre-war post-war uh, like i just love that whole period i mean the like the color palettes of the clothes and the the texture of the clothes and the architecture of the period i just feel like there was such um attention paid to uh to practical beauty in mm -hmm. a way that um and i don't want to say that it it it's lost today because i'm sure every sort of like cultural critic says that about the world that they live in <laughs> comparing it to some bygone yeah. era but uh yeah and so i mean i think the the nostalgia for me and not having <laughs> had to live through like a period of polio or something like that and i can just look back and look at beautiful <laughs> art deco yeah. buildings yeah. is uh is obviously a big appeal of living in a contemporary it's age pretty good but right now. um yeah i mean i just i just love all that stuff you know my parents they uh I grew up like digging through thrift stores and, and going to garage sales and antique markets and stuff like that. And so I think just from a young age, it was uh, 
it was just kind of like bred into my sister and I. So, they <laughs> but I can't so, help it. Yeah. W- so it was instilled rather than uh, if they didn't expose you to that. Do you think you would have naturally found your way back to that interest? I don't know. I mean, it, I, I mean, I'm sure you've thought the same thing where you think about like, oh, if I hadn't come across this one um, stylistic influence or cultural influence or book that I read or movie that I saw or something like that, like you wonder what avenue you might have taken versus the one that you're on like does that mm-hmm. happen to you where yeah you think yeah. like oh i could like i can kind of like tie what i do back to this one thing and if i had not seen that i would have done something totally different exactly and y- it's successes and the failures and things you do see and you don't okay yeah i mean you could have seen something else and it would have c- completely taken you down the yeah exactly down a different path Th- this is something that i've been thinking a lot about and speaking with other artists about how um you get lucky with what your interests are because as an example uh, if you like let's let me think like if you're trying if you like drawing star wars stuff you know you're probably going to make a bunch of money yeah Uh, you're but the if you if you're being honest with yourself and you're pursuing the things that you like which ideally everyone hopefully can and should be doing then you can probably make a better living than let's say if you if your interests are drawing my skulls you know that maybe <laughs> what if that's like that's your like favorite thing to draw and for some reason you grew up and that's your biggest interest you're just not going to be it's going to be hard to be a, a success well not so, like it's going to be hard to make a living just by having those interests you know what i mean yeah. so yeah. and it, i feel like there's got to be i think there's a lot of luck involved of nope. course depending on what your values are clearly because i'm talking financially but uh, this conversation so always go back to that but just because it seems to be yeah everyone's got to make a living and survive but yeah yeah just that point of your interests you 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 get pretty lucky with them or unlucky depending on what what it is yeah where do you stand with those i I mean i guess it it kind of is um goes back to what i was saying before about like knowing where your work fits in you know like if you're an illustrator and yeah and you love superheroes and comics and star wars and all that kind of stuff like it's uh we're at some kind of cultural moment where uh, appreciation for that kind of visual content is really strong and yeah. so there's an enormous market for it and and uh and yeah so i mean it's kind of what i think about with my own work which i guess is why most of it is just kind of like self-initiated things that i do because i, I think there's probably a pretty slim chance that i'm gonna be able to like set up a booth and sell the prints that i like to do despite somebody being like oh well, that's that's nice like it's nicely drawn or whatever it is um, like I'm, I'm the market for that kind of thing, <laughs> and and I never buy prints, you know, <laughs> and so it's uh, it's just feeling, yeah, it's exactly what you said, right? Like you you can be you can just like find an interest or like a niche or a style or whatever it is, and it just happens to be at the right moment where there's like a high interest for it. Do you think people share share your nostalgia these days? Yeah, oh, for sure. I think, I mean, there's always this, uh, I think the kind of the last like 10 or 12 years, there's definitely been this um, interest in like a heritage mm-hmm. kind of movement. And uh, and there's definitely part of that that appeals to me, but I think uh, I feel a little distant from it only because uh, I think that there's a fair bit of kind of, um, it's like a very narrow aesthetic lane that a lot of that work is kind of in and Mm -hmm. uh and and it's all beautiful and like it's it's gorgeous because it harkens back to this time period of design that like was so refined and so practical you know like there was such an economy of design Mm -hmm. um but 
uh, but I, I, I do feel like it's it's ex it's extremely narrow, and uh, so I think like even with the illustration work that I do, that kind of like comes back to the 30s or the 40s or even the 20s. It's uh, I'm trying to just make it maybe a bit weirder, you know. So like, you're, that's that's your spin on it as being weirder. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I, I think it's just like so much of that sort of style of work like you put something in a nice script and you set it on an arc and yeah. you put established 1993 <laughs> on it and and uh, there's there's like a real template for that work and there's also a demand but um but uh, with my illustration work anyways I, I hope i'm making it sort of a bit a stranger take on it but also uh, it, it seems authentic and it, what i'm hearing when you say it it's almost like what the uh, the business or the industry side is doing is just following a trend where in your case you like you see it as a trend you're like oh that's just fake like you're just just like comic books like you're only selling it because it's popular where, oh. <laughs> where oh. i feel like with you you know you're saying it's limiting probably because for them it's a like i said it's a template where in your case it's authentic so you probably, oh well i mean yeah. it's not for me to judge whether they I like know you <laughs> should judge tell me <laughs> i'm here to listen to people's judgments <laughs> no i mean i think people are usually pretty sincere about about the things that they they put out into the world i mean it, anybody who's a creative knows how hard it is just to make something and like get it out into the world so it's uh, i think people are mostly sincere and and you know it's like you said about um about preference like maybe you're you're just like savvy business-wise and you're like well i know that this is gonna sell so like why wouldn't i and i i'm just not wired that way <laughs> like i'd so much rather do something that uh that is just going to give me uh, an individual sense of satisfaction than think about how i'm going to be able to sell it like um i may i stenciled these canvas bags the other day I saw that. just cool. because oh thanks yeah, yeah. just because like i wanted a nice bag to be able to like bring groceries home and uh so somebody had sent me a message being like are you are you selling these and i'm like no, I, I just made them so I <laughs> could like run errands, you know, and uh, it wouldn't really like occur to me to make that kind of thing. Um, I seem a business. It looked like I thought it was. Yeah, th I thought your that was a project for someone else. You made right. it look very professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like you do that very well. I really, what's cool to me is that you're saying that um, the art that you do maybe um, like you called it a niche, but even though, like I'm, I'm not. I'm far from studied on the eras, I'm sure, than you are. Just even just by oh, reading. I don't know. You were like blowing me away with your MOOCA knowledge as no, we were sitting well, there at the bar. I, yeah, I, I guess let's <laughs> maybe some things I know, but <laughs> <laughs> but not a lot. Of, uh, I'm sure it just, let's say coincidence. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but you seem to have a, not a, a lot of knowledge in that area. And even though I don't have much, I'm very interested and your art grabs me and makes you want to know more. So mm. I think hopefully a lot of people feel like that where it may be a niche but that's i don't have to have an interest in it to be very fascinated by it in fact the fact that i don't know as much about those eras make me want to know more because yeah. i see your art and it's like this is really cool and all these graphic elements in the back that combination i love it well I, I just hope that uh, so when you're saying uh, when you make this work and not many people would appreciate it, i almost feel like if you did go to like an illustra illustrator convention or something like that i have a feeling that at least that's my feeling. I feel like it would do really well because oh. it's so unique. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. That's uh, it was nice of you to and, say. Uh, actually, and so as you're talking, kind of your uh, tastes um, and I identity, 
it seems to find its way once again everything you put out it finds its way into all of your art and even your photography the way you edit your photos it seems like a very cohesive consistent vision which right. seems to come from your tastes uh, personally do you feel like you are consistent yeah well i mean as far as kind of like a social media presence goes like i only made it when i was finishing up school because i thought it would be um a good way of kind of showing like a broader range or sort of like identity as a designer or illustrator so that if you know um which inevitably everybody always does when they kind of like meet someone or you know you start looking them up and seeing yeah. what the kind of like backstory is and so i only made it so that uh if uh, i'd gone for an interview and then people were looking at my website or whatever it is there would just be more things to look at so for me social media has never been um an opportunity to kind of like share my personal life or mm -hmm. my family life or anything like that and uh so it's just it's just the way that i'm choosing to use that tool so if i really am just using it as this kind of creative outlet uh, i want everything to be representative you know i i think about using social media as an art project mm -hmm. you know it's yeah. like um like a lot of the pictures that I'll post on Instagram stories, I'm not going to put them on like my regular feed because um, <laughs> otherwise it would just be like pictures of old buildings and cars. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, like every 20 pictures, there would be some uh, illustration. But, uh, but I just think it's, uh, it's all an art project, you know? But what's cool is that it feels like it's everything or a lot of it is you. It's like, it, it feels like from the outside at this point, you figured out very well what it is you like. And it all once it probably goes back to that childhood interest or, or not a childhood interest that you started when you're a kid and yeah, just totally. continued. Yeah. I, I just wonder how. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just I think it's my reluctance to want to put things out into the world that uh, that are more personal, you know, like. It's no, 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 but uh, sorry, uh, I wonder if I'm not, not wording. It's not so much that you're not putting other things that are personal but the art and the photography that you put up put out there um i don't know if you're conscious of making sure that uh, they all feel like they're um consistent with style and feel oh but what uh, uh, sorry but to me it seems like you have a voice and it's very strong and just present in everything yeah uh, I, let me see no how, no how to ask it? Yeah, I, I totally hear what uh, you're saying and yeah it's 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 definitely conscious and uh if anything it's just like uh, <laughs> a result of like lack of varied interests that <laughs> i have this only like very narrow um range of things that i'm interested in and uh and as a result it kind of like comes out in the way that it does but but uh i mean i just think everything that you do is kind of like part of a whole you know like it always is funny to me when i meet designers and maybe less so with illustrators but like designers who are are totally happy to go into work in like a hoodie or something like that and i've got nothing wrong people are totally entitled to dress however they like i i don't think there's any kind of like decorum that you have to follow but it it strikes me as odd that that people would be so particular about the work that they would produce especially designers you know like wondering about like the kerning space between one letter or another and uh and then yet yeah, like the way that they present themselves <laughs> to the world is somehow in contradiction to that so so for me it's just you know everything that you're kind of like putting out into the world is uh 
I mean, it, it sounds so superficial to think about life as an art project, but um, but it, but that's kind of how I think about the things that I put out into the world. You know, like what's what's going to be of value and what's going to be of interest. It's really impressive, just because so many artists, or most artists, are so um, keen on trying to find what it is that makes them them, or and then specifically in the look and the work that they produce, where you make it seem very flawless the way you do it and, I, <laughs> and once again i think that's why i asked you about the the interest and uh, it's cool that it's a quote in your on your website but your interests i think are so um and i think because they're special like because they're unique nowadays they're so strong that they just manage to get into everything in your work and it's so cool like it seems so consistent uh, and so the next question at this point is then so do you would you say you know yourself well uh yeah I, I <laughs> my reluctance to like really That's give an why. answer That's is why. probably indicative of uh of me feeling like i don't but uh <laughs> i don't know i mean it's always a, you know it's a it's a transition like you think about you know you see some picture of yourself from five years ago and you wonder like what in the world would have made you <laughs> wear that shirt or something like <laughs> that and so it's always an evolving an evolving process and your kind of like rules for life continue to to transform but you know it's it's by nature of getting older maybe you're a bit more forgiving with yourself and realize that like <laughs> you know it's uh what may be a hard and fast rule today will very likely change in uh in the near future but you're pretty comfortable with uh, you know what you like you, you know what yeah. you want yeah and i think you just you know like you lean into it and uh and you fully embrace it otherwise it, it would appear a flaw and that's kind of why i put that in the description on my website because i went to plenty of interviews after graduating and um i had people tell me like it seems like you really only kind of do this one thing and 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 it was pretty apparent that yeah i had this kind of uh, narrow range of interests and uh and styles and uh and so you can either sell it as an asset or you can sell it as a flaw and mm -hmm. and so uh you may as well just kind of like get out in front of it and say that you know that's what i have to offer but i don't think it means that you can't do other stuff at least seeing the some of the portfolio pieces that you have on your website i think there's some good examples of you know if you saw it you wouldn't know what you did because right yeah It, I wonder if, uh, yeah, when people see maybe your personal work, it's maybe it's very easy to confuse the fact that hey, you're actually a designer and your your job is to be a different person for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's totally. kind of the goal is to be invisible, maybe. Yeah. yeah. When you make the work that for clients. And I'm I'm sure you feel that, or maybe you don't. I mean, I know so little about the animation industry, but do you feel like the work that you do during the daytime? is expressing something personal for you or do you feel like oh no like here's the brief uh, i'm gonna think about this in like a sort of a technical way in order to fulfill their demands or is, or do you feel like there's something personal about the output that you do uh, i was lucky to be on some projects especially this recent one where in design stage when i was drawing and painting and creating Uh, the project lent itself to having a bit of the mm -hmm. uh, people keep calling it painterly look, you know. Yeah. That. Oh, absolutely. But and so the, it was pretty cool that I could flex a bit of that and feel like I'm what I was creating. I really uh, I liked and it had a little bit of me in it. Yeah. Which I, I really enjoyed. It's cool to see that these days. I think because everything went digital. I think everyone now is craving a little bit of the uh, handmade feel, and mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, you know speaking of that nostalgia. 
and me, it, it, I'm sure it is a trend, but it, it's a bit of a pendulum swinging from way too polished and clean looking everything is yeah. designed to, which is cool. So from personally, I got to create a lot of work that felt like uh, it was me plus this other thing. So mm -hmm. it was like a mix, but at least there was a little bit of me in there. But what I, what I do now at work, which is uh, uh, just uh, working with the the final look of the show that feels very much like what you're saying it feels like uh, maybe a little bit more like work there's yeah. a there's a look that the clients like and i just got to make sure that we do a good job of delivering that look right but maybe it's because i'm not like, designing as much but that's gonna probably change pretty soon yeah and d when you got into animation did you feel like you got into it because you're like oh i love to draw and i love to create visual content or you or did was the appeal of being working the commercial realm that it was in some ways kind of like uh, problem solving, you know, like I'm going to have these set of skills that I can mm -hmm. apply to this project rather than feeling like you're expressing some personal emotion. Because I think like that's, that's the interesting tension in being a commercial artist. Mm, yeah. This, this interview just switched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me think. Well, we haven't met, so, yeah, uh, so no, I'm curious about, uh, about what you have to think. Let's see. I got into animation. I like painting. And then when it came to just picking a career, I think my maybe family or friends scared that scared me that there's not a lot of work in illustration it's not steady so yeah, i right. i don't know if i uh, uh, i don't think it, w it was a mistake to listen to them because i feel like a, i'm very happy about what the path uh, ended up being but it's kind of uh, how you're saying before uh, one thing or the other one interest or the other could have switched your life completely i was very happy to go through animation i'm not an animator anymore but the reason i went there I actually thought I was going to do 3D modeling. Someone just told me, hey, I think you'll be better at animation. I was like, okay, <laughs> no, no questioning. But I, I enjoyed the medium was creating art and yeah, it's fantasy artwork, I guess you could say. So I think I got into it. Once I graduated, I realized how technical it is and mm. I loved it. I think you can probably relate to in design. It, it, it is so difficult and your job was to make it look easy, basically, at yeah. the end when you have that final project. So as far as problem solving goes, that was really cool and exciting. Um, but when uh, when you have to express yourself, the more uh, I think the more you work in the industry, you know, the more of you, uh, you realize how much of your input goes in there versus the client. And it's yeah. I think it's and if you're okay with that, that's cool. Um, I don't know. Uh, let me see. I, I'll be briefly honest. I'll get back to the interview, <laughs> but uh, or I mean, extra the, about this point where I felt like um, the more people, the more there's the people that can do your job the less likely you're going to be treated well because you're very replaceable. And so when I switched from animation to design is because when I saw design teams, you know, it's usually, uh, and when I say design, actually, it's uh, it's concept art, maybe better. In oh, animation, okay. for some reason, they call it design. I, yeah. So, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's very confusing. But the reason why I switched is because I saw those teams where, you know, four to five people, that means you're quite special. Yeah. And it's specialized. It's going to be a lot harder to get a job, of course. So that's a downside of it but if you do you're just going to have a bigger voice yeah and anyway, that was kind of the story so uh, i think what ended up happening the way you worded your question is that i did later try to find a way where i can express a little bit more of myself while mm -hmm. doing the job yeah and i think design feels uh, concept art feels like that yeah a, at least in the beginning you know later later on you have to be swayed to be someone else of course and you just sometimes you try to fight it or you think you have good ideas yeah, and doesn't mean they're good actually. Just you think they're good ideas. That's <laughs> oh yeah, that's I mean the total curse of working in commercial art, right? Like it's uh, it's always that push and pull of uh, what the uh, the client is looking for and what you think the client is looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's a lot of good stories there. Okay, let's see. Um, so, do you think you were born in a wrong time? 
Oh no, I would totally take um, modern medicine. That's what you're saying before. <laughs> so you're completely cool with that, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's so easy to romanticize, mm-hmm. the, you know, past periods of time because all you have are great pictures and museum exhibits and paintings and things like that to look back on and and you don't have to (laughs) think about the horrendous social context that all those things happened in not to say that we don't have some of that happening in our present moment but um no i'm very happy to be able to (laughs) live in the present moment and just draw on it for inspiration we're before the the podcast started we were talking about how back in the day if you wanted to see a painting you basically you know travel i don't know it could be hundreds of kilometers to the, the next biggest city on yeah. a horse or something just to see a painting yeah exactly <laughs> or like you know being able to read a book like you know it would have been this elite group that would have been able to read you know and it's Very just true. completely remarkable that uh <laughs> that that would have been the case when when we have such a wealth of sort of cultural things that we can engage in we're living i guess they're living quite good and then uh let's see because there's a i had a question for you kind of talking about that uh do you find uh, i can't i won't be able to find it but do you find it difficult to uh, or is that one of the difficulties then or can it be a difficulty of how to create artwork these days with the uh, the availability of it do you do you feel um hindered by that at all uh uh, no, no, I don't. I can imagine a circumstance where you, it's... I mean, I think everybody has had that time when you're, like, looking at images or work of other people and you kind of wonder why bother. But uh, but uh, I come from, like, a family where they, they find such satisfaction in just, like, doing things, you know? And even if it's that's, like... Uh, satisfaction in painting the house like Mm. my parents there was a summer that they painted the house twice because they didn't like the color the first time (laughs) and they were like you know what let's just do it again and and uh so there's uh i think we grew up with uh with this idea of being able to get a lot of satisfaction from just uh doing things Mm -hmm. for yourself you know like my dad and i will build furniture and tables and things like that and uh you know, you could just as easily go to the store and 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 buy something that would that would, you know, conceivably be better constructed. But uh, but the doing is is such a big part of the the entertainment that um, that just thinking like, oh well, the end product isn't going to be able to compare with work that's out in the world. It's it's uh, the the doing of it is is so much part of mm-hmm. the satisfaction. Very cool. And is uh, is there anything that you that you find to be are there any difficulties that you find that oh crap, I'm so bad at making these questions are there difficulties <laughs> that you find of, uh, that's prevent you from making art then like if that's not one of them but is there anything oh well I mean everybody will talk about there not really being enough time but ev- even I feel like now like m- the training that I did in uh, design school was was so intensive I mean you'd be there from 8.30 in the morning until 11 at night just every day and working throughout school so I mean it was three years of virtually not having a a day to myself and and then when I graduated and I ended up at a studio that was really respectful of of uh the hours which not every place is yeah um 
to be able to go home at like a reasonable hour and 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 have a couple hours to myself was kind of like a total revelation so so no i feel i feel really free to to create whatever it is that i'd like to do and i think it's because i I just do it for myself for the most part. You know, the odd time I'll take on like an editorial project or uh, uh, I've been doing more portrait commissions and things like that recently, but um, you know, they they know kind of what they're getting. So they hire me to do that thing and, and I'm more than happy to provide that. So it's, uh, no, it, it's, a, I find no. <laughs> like art making in that way, it's, uh, it, it's mostly just a pleasure very cool that's really good to hear you're <laughs> not only you're yeah you're very much an optimist and it's, <laughs> it's very good uh yeah it, yeah it seems like because you're split of interests it, they're quite varied and because of how satisfied you're in both it seems yeah it's very good to hear well it's <laughs> you know it's also just luck like it's uh i mean i'm lucky to have ended up at the studio that i ended up at which is called uh, public architecture and communication great people mm -hmm. and um it's also just lucky to like have interests, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there, there are so many people who who feel like they they want to be able to like get up and do something or put their mind to something or create something with their hands, but they don't know what it is. So it's you know it's sort of fortunate to feel like you know what that thing is, mm -hmm. and then you feel like you're uh, you're fulfilling something about yourself. It's so interesting to hear how much your family has shaped you. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. pretty, but it, it, it's amazing to see this direct uh, correlation. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, shout out to your parents. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Good yeah, job. Scott and Karen, they're good yeah. people. Yeah. Really impressive. And it's funny, this is my first time meeting you, but even just like when I think, oh, I'm going to meet him, I just always had a feeling like you just seem like a very good person. <laughs> and once again, I'm only like, it's stupid. I keep bringing up like Instagram and websites because it's so uh, superficial, but. I, I guess maybe like you, you you're pretty honest it seems like with the artwork and the brief conversations we've had yeah anyways very nice i, I yeah L lots of compliments to you <laughs> to you and your family <laughs> to, uh, yeah, what, what, there must be some sort of saying to your health or i don't know <laughs> anyways sounds, that sounds good to me yeah uh you seem to be creating a lot of work digitally even though you're uh you have that fascination with making things by hand, so there's some sort of contradiction there. Yeah, so yeah. How definitely. does that work? Um, yeah. Well, before going to design school, I uh, I was like almost a complete luddite. Like, <laughs> I uh, was a teacher before I was um, a designer, and I had uh, this was well into the years of people having iPhones, and uh, and I still had like. Uh, like an old school like Nokia kind of phone just because like technology didn't really interest <laughs> me and, and I just kind of had no way into that world and then so um, and like way way long before that I um, when I graduated high school I applied to SFU I applied to the visual art program and the theater program and so the first year that I was there I did both studio programs and then a bit like what you were saying where somebody was like oh you seem really good at this one thing and then you're <laughs> like all right i'll do that <laughs> and, thanks for telling uh, me <laughs> and so at the end of that year um 
they said like you know you kind of have to choose there's no way that you have enough time to do both mm-hmm. and um and so i picked theater but like that year it was it's all you know traditional mediums like you're building things out of cardboard and it's charcoal and it's paint and all that kind of stuff so working digitally is something that um i've really only come to in maybe the last three years and now i can't even imagine going back like having a sketchbook is is an important practice that seems to be the last remnant i like that you sketch a lot i appreciate that yeah but uh i mean especially if you're doing like commercial work it's it's tough to imagine what it would be like creating that uh in tangible mediums anymore you don't miss all the mess (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I don't like uh, like most people living in the lower mainland. I live in a small apartment. And <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how long have you had your the studio space? Oh, and I, I should be counting these things. Probably, uh, I don't know. Let's say, let's say four years. Actually, no. There's a way to. Mm, yeah, maybe three, four years. I would say. Is it still the one that you share with Drew and Andrew Young, Scott, yes, yeah. Scott Sumi, James Knight, Colin, but a lot, lots of good people. But yeah, so I felt pretty lucky to be in that space and so when you're and that's actually around the time when i started taking art more seriously just mm. because i saw people taking it seriously and it was a thing to do i just didn't know it was a thing to do you know what i mean you, you know there's people who paint and yeah but then you see uh, people being very passionate about it and pursuing it's like oh yeah that's cool people can do that well you <laughs> weren't you weren't there but we actually came and visited the studio when i was in school with one of my illustration oh, yeah. classes and uh and drew was there and he gave us like a slideshow and nice. and uh, people showed us their work and stuff like that and i remember him talking about you actually and maybe it had been <sighs> like just recently that you joined the studio or something like that and he had nothing but praise for you he's just like oh yeah Ilya, he's such a go-getter he just like decides to do this and does that <laughs> and and uh true what a guy yeah <laughs> and your work of course was like on the walls and stuff like that andrew young is an amazing person if you're in vancouver go see his mural it's close to columbia and fourth it's a it's yeah a i've been uh, seeing it's it giant, come yeah. along yeah but yeah drew's in a yeah amazing dude but yeah so that how did, inspired how did a lot you, of people uh, in vancouver. how did you end up even ending up in that studio like were you looking for a space or <laughs> no i i never thought i would even have a studio that's such a it seems so romanticized mm-hmm. when i think about it it's <laughs> it's cool that it's a thing but i had no idea once again i didn't know that was a thing also until i met some people who had studio spaces yeah and you're like oh so people have that too and now that i think about these moments i realize why when uh, people talk about having role models i can see how important that is right. because y- it just doesn't click in your brain that things are possible like yeah you just meet some friends and they do cool things and you want to do cool things too yeah, like, uh, yeah let me think i just met i met art uh, met a lot of them at snag uh, the live yeah. painting raffle event and from there yeah, just kind of the friendship continued and i, I like art and it's kind of like you said once you get a job you realize you have some time and evening to yeah just paint and so what can we do with these things yeah definitely yeah but you're, you're talking about large-scale paintings before uh, this and I, I made a bunch of those and then had to figure out what to do with them <laughs> yeah for sure it's and that's another part of like working in traditional mediums versus digital you know it's uh <laughs> like if if i was gonna move or something like that it would be a matter of like uh, putting the computer in the box and and uh and <laughs> moving and and i i mean i think we've all been there where you like move paintings and 
and uh, stretcher bars and all kinds of things from like one place to another and <laughs> eventually have to throw it out unfortunately yeah you're yeah. just like it's sad there's low chance that i'm gonna sell this stuff yeah. and uh and now it's just kind of like this literal baggage that i'm like bringing with yeah. me from one destination to another so you don't miss the traditional medium then it's uh i mean kind of like what we were talking about it just before getting on the air but it's something that i feel actually like i'd like to get back into only because i feel like and i i wouldn't be able to talk specifics about it but i feel like there are things that i would like to do where the uh the context uh, i feel like if i'm going to create other kinds of work the context needs to be different because even though i am creating um sort of like self-initiated projects i still feel like it's within the sort of lane of commercial art mm. and uh and even though like it feels personal and i'm doing the things that i want to do I, I still feel like it has kind of like this commercial um sheen to it and uh and so i feel like i i actually wouldn't mind being able to put some paint on a canvas again if only to just uh, have a chance to maybe like get into some some ideas that I don't feel like maybe the the digital kind of work is suited for. Do it. Yeah. Do it. I was gonna start a chant, but I didn't want to interrupt you. I was gonna start a chant of do it because it's gonna be so cool. I mean, that's once that's probably a selfish thing. I, I just want to see you make fine art or like traditional medium. It's gonna make me very happy. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would love see to see it. where you, yeah what it looks like or what it look like you yeah i think maybe it's uh you know it's so much but like the things that you're kind of recently exposed to or whatever it is but like there's certain painters that i've been looking at a lot recently and it's just kind of like blowing my mind like i recently discovered uh jerome Witkin. have you heard of him don't think so he's this narrative painter and uh he uh, i think he works at a new york state and he does these often quite large kind of like uh figurative narrative pieces mm -hmm. that are just so powerful um incredibly well seen um mm -hmm. but like really really expressive but his figures are like immaculately composed and it just seems like he's working with with big ideas and i don't necessarily have big ideas that i'm like um desperate to kind of like <laughs> force <laughs> on the world but uh but uh yeah, you know, you start to see things like that and, and a bit like, you know, you being in the studio with those other people and thinking like, oh man, like maybe there's some other opportunities. Would you want to find a studio space? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's never something that I've done before, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's worth considering for maybe sure. Maybe it's a, just a Vancouver thing. I, I, I need to... I need to specifically travel more and ask people if they have studios just to compare. But... Right. Uh, if you if you don't know Vancouver is an expensive place in general so yeah I think yeah, yeah even the fact that there is studio space is pretty impressive with the you know just kind of the price of real estate but that would be pretty cool yeah it's that fine line of being like well my apartment is kind of small to paint in um <laughs> so I'm gonna spend another chunk of money to have like a, a studio somewhere and exactly yeah. and then on top of that speaking with some artists who are living in different cities and just hearing about how, how often paintings sell, what price paintings sell at. I think, you know, the another downside here is I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of uh, art being sold in Vancouver. Yeah, and it's not like I'm seeing everything. So maybe maybe it is, but at least kind of people around me or 
it's unfortunate that yeah, just compared to maybe just overall, I would say East Coast, North America, like mm-hmm. it's just uh, it seems like a lot more sales. And you hear people who uh, are recommending that hey, maybe you should just move because yeah. <laughs> you're gonna do so much better if you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, I was talking to one of the architects at the studio a couple months back, and we were talking about art in Vancouver, and and of course he has a very particular um, perspective on. Uh, the construction that happens in Vancouver and mm-hmm. uh, and his sort of take on uh, how art operates in Vancouver is that so much of the construction that happens in Vancouver is built around glass that uh, that people don't have wall space <laughs> like they might have once <laughs> and so and so it it doesn't like have the same it doesn't like occur to people in I the never same thought of way that. yeah where they're just like oh well I've really only got like this couple walls I guess I'm gonna put like a mirror or a family <laughs> photo there or something yeah. like that versus if you live in Europe or something where like windows are smaller and the architecture is just different you're like oh I have actually I have places that I would want to display something and look at every mm-hmm. day who knows but I thought that was kind of an interesting that, perspective. that's a really interesting thought I haven't thought of that. Now, now's the time we complain about Vancouver. This is <laughs> <a> segment. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's obviously always going to be a running theme for people who are trying to do things in this city. I just uh, we like to complain, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me think. I was going to say. Oh yeah. So you're talking about architecture. Architecture. Do you have a uh, among all your other interests? Is does the uh, architecture and especially the older constructions? Do you have interest for that? I, I'm probably seeing some. I mean, I know. We live in one. <laughs> this is where we complain more. We live in Nor- North America. So, but you do live in New, in New Westminster, where I think there's uh, a lot more uh, or more older buildings that yeah. have been saved, which is Absolutely. really cool. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I had been kind of reluctant to move there and. And now when like I'm out walking the dog and stuff like that, it's just absolutely. It's got character there. Breathtaking. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I had. Um, the good fortune of going to Europe with my family and and uh, I was maybe like 11 or 12 and uh, having grown up and on the west coast where like you know at, at most something is 100 years old and yeah. and those are few and far between being able to go to Europe and you just like walk down one boulevard after another of these incredible buildings and uh, it's it just like completely cracked open my world to think that that uh that there are places like that mm-hmm. and um yeah yeah so it's uh yeah i mean i love walking around old cities where where that is just like part of the the environment that you get to be in but do you i don't know if you do or do you want to translate um do you study architecture to be put into your art do you uh, oh, do any of that in like a really like dilettante kind of way like <laughs> you you know you see some kind of like art deco detail on a building and then I'll, I'll put that in the kind of like design elements of my illustrations because I like that kind of tension of like figurative elements and graphic elements mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. it's like I, I would never purport to have any kind <laughs> of like expertise on it it's totally like oh well that's kind of an interesting like circle and then like it's another circle and <laughs> so it's that, that's how they built it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about and then maybe more so with fashion then uh, the way you bring that interest in yeah I, I mean it's uh, I've just always loved clothes and the way that somebody presents themselves to the world and and i always like grew up going to thrift shops and charity shops and digging through all that kinds of things and finding a weird shirt or like somebody that's like 
suede jacket or whatever it is <laughs> and you know it's just like when you find things from the past there's like a a weirdness and kind of an unknown quality about it and and so much of the things that are available to to our contemporary world to buy it's uh it's you know it's like it's a t-shirt right like you know <laughs> you're gonna you understand how it all works whereas like maybe you find some like sweater from the 40s and it has like kind of like a weird pocket and the zipper has like a diamond on it and there's all these like interesting little details yeah. that uh that you don't necessarily find in the in the same way and um yeah so i mean clothing and the way people dress is a, is a huge inspiration for me that that I can see quite clearly the way it translates into your work and you mentioned that Bryceland project yeah was, yeah that's why yeah when I when I saw that you did that I was like that that just that's like a perfect fit oh <laughs> totally I mean I still yeah. can't get over I, I just feel so lucky to have uh, been asked to do that uh, Ethan the guy who runs that shop he um, yeah I mean it was just like a total total gift of a project hmm. yeah. I forgot to ask you when we're talking when I asked you about the digital work even though it's digital you make it look like it's traditional or you add uh, you even your brushes that you use they have a lot of imperfections to them they have mm -hmm. texture uh, i find it interesting how much you try to re recreate that even though it's digital you're fighting basically the tool right to get it to look handmade yeah yeah and i don't even know if it's in an effort to kind of um fool people into thinking that it's it's gouache or something like that but i think it's uh um you know as a designer like you're working in perfect curves and, mm -hmm, and you know yeah. it's you're you're an illustrator and and uh there is such like a, a cleanliness about it but even though you can make incredible illustrations in a program like illustrator it never feels like you're you're drawing you know even though like you're composing an image it doesn't really feel like you're doing the physical thing of drawing mm -hmm. and so when i got a tablet in school it's uh it was just kind of like this perfect melding of like being able to do that physical act yeah, of drawing yeah, yeah. like you would on a piece of paper and um and and yet the expediency of like being able to like change a color at a moment's notice or whatever it is uh all the, all the nice things yeah yeah <laughs> that's what you're talking about yeah trading in trading in digital for traditional yeah, if you want to shift that hue mm -hmm. good luck you're getting have to wipe that oil off and <laughs> oh start yeah. over yeah. yeah and that's i mean maybe partly like my hesitancy of like getting back into it but but i see you do it and and you it seems like you have such kind of like an approachable attitude to the to the traditional mediums that you use you know like i see you doing stuff at lunchtime you know where yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like you guys are outside and you're gonna do a painting and and there's not uh there's not this kind of like um <laughs> gilded importance around like the work that you're doing you're like no i'm just gonna take the watercolors out and i'm i'm gonna like see what happens for 20 minutes yeah it's not like it's all or nothing it's it's yeah. been actually really fun i uh, i guess myself and some friends at work uh, just kind of started encouraging each, each other to try to do more tra traditional medium yeah because we're in front of computers all day and it seems to have caught on and i'm very happy about that it's just to, and we always joke it's that you know every wednesday lunch is when we paint and you go out and it's just mm. like a it's a day when we fail because uh, just naturally when you're trying to paint from life not only like and especially if you're painting like green or blue greens or blues which are already so challenging mm. and ends in the day and the lighting is different <laughs> we just laugh you're like, it is, you, you go in knowing it's gonna suck but yeah. like the, the <laughs> results are gonna be okay but i think i think there's a lot of learning to be done there yeah and i 
Uh, like, uh, just like every other artist says they should do live drawing, I think every other artist also says they should do plein airs and paint from right. life. It's just a thing that you never do enough, and you it will 100% make you better. Yeah. yeah so we, we, we try. Well, I want to ask, like, do you find then when you go back inside and work that afternoon, do you do you feel like you're coming into it with kind of like a, a different awareness, even if it's just for that sort of afternoon? I have to I have to see what it'll feel like when I am back to painting at work more, which is going to be September. Mm. But I would say so. One thing I was fascinated by is that we'd usually we've been painting outside, and then one day it was raining, so we well went inside and we painted from reference from the photos. Yeah. And uh, it felt like everyone just leveled up. It was like I know it's been like uh, maybe let's say a month or two months since we started doing that. Yeah. Uh, everyone's just like it was a jump, and and I. I mean, me, there's a possibility just the reference was very good and I think it was very clear. But I th I, I'd like to think, I, I'll keep thinking that, but I'd like to think that it's because we've been doing these studies outside where... That led I, up to it. I think so. I think yeah. just like controlling the medium and having to think on a spot. And you do have to maybe think a lot more, right? When you're painting from life, things move, light changes. Where if you're painting from reference, you can yeah, kind of turn off. And I, yeah. I'm guilty of that. Anyway, yeah. so the optimistic, opti the optimist in me thinks that all those thi all those uh, yeah lunch lunch sessions are helping, but who knows? I mean, it really is time, you know. Like you yeah. you'll meet people and they'll say like, "Oh man, I wish I could draw or whatever it is." And I mean, if you enjoy doing it, you're gonna spend time doing it, mm -hmm. and inevitably, you know, something is gonna crack open for you and and you'll yeah. improve. But that's why the best advice, well, especially if you live in North America, more so. But the best advice is just do what you like because. It'll just totally. be, it'll, it'll most likely work out. That's, yeah, because <laughs> like you said, if you like it, you'll do it a lot, and then yeah. it works. Yeah, I, I mean, that was kind of the, like, professional crisis I had when I was a teacher that, uh, that I'd gone to into it for certain reasons, and, um, and yet when I was doing it, even though I felt like I was a competent enough teacher, I didn't, like, love doing it and uh, like my wife who is a, a teacher and a vice principal and she is so perfectly suited to mm. that type of work and so it's uh, I don't want to suggest that it seems effortless for her because she works incredibly hard but uh, but as a personality she's really like ideally suited to doing that kind of work and um, in a way that I never was and yet like when I decided to move into doing design and illustration it was like well I could I could spend hours doing this, <laughs> yeah. and I would be more than happy to, you know? Why, why did you go into teaching, if you want to say? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I have teachers in my family, and uh, and before teaching, I, um, I was a theater actor, and I think uh, anybody who has, like, studied a, a fine art practice thinks, like, I'm going to have to find some way to, like, mm. support myself, yeah. and, and Vancouver is a tough city for that, and also the training that I um, studied under was really about creating your own work, and less so about um, uh, working in kind of, like, the commercial theater world, and so uh, there was there was relatively little chance that I was going to be working for, like, Bar in the Beach and Arts Club. It mm. just wasn't going to be kind of, like, part of my my world and um and 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 i thought i would enjoy it more than i did you know it's uh, i thought also be working in subject matters that i enjoy like mm -hmm. literature and and, and uh, theater and uh and then i think once you get in the room in front of the students you realize that 
actually so much of the job of a teacher is, is not about the, the content of what you're teaching and so much more about your relationship to, your, to the students. And, um, and, uh, and I'm just one of those people who tends to like process things kind of like on my own time. And, and as a teacher, like you really have to be on your feet Start and ready point. to react. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. And you acted before. How long did you act for? It's pretty fascinating that you got these, the, you went through these multiple careers yeah art. yeah i mean i started acting i guess when i was in high school and so um yeah and so kind of like up until uh my late 20s like i was performing in independent theater in vancouver wow um <laughs> I, I i don't want to aggrandize my reputation as an actor in any way like it was uh, a very like small independent projects but uh but yeah, I mean, I, I think I got into it because I really love the idea of being part of a community and working mm -hmm. on things together. And I'm not naturally like an outgoing person. So it seemed like um, once you get into uh, a show, like, oh, you like you have all these people yeah, that yeah. you get to interact with. And uh, and that just like is a fringe benefit of, of doing the project, you know. So I think for a lot of groups, it's just a very attractive uh, element of it. Cause yeah. It's like, hey, you just now part of a tribe and yeah yeah exactly us humans like being part of tribes <laughs> yeah but uh the acting must help or i imagine must help your art it's kind of what we were saying earlier that uh you know if you're painting if you're drawing and painting humans uh, or characters uh, humans yeah that works <laughs> characters <laughs> with uh, interesting poses and emotions that uh, having experience in acting mu i imagine must help does it yeah well i think i mean i paint a lot of or i draw a lot of people and so i, I do think of them as like characters and mm -hmm. kind of like what their stories are or where they're coming from or what they're doing or whatever it is so it's rarely just like oh, i want to paint like someone who's beautiful or i want to paint mm -hmm. somebody who's old you know like it's uh, I, th I think of them as as kind of existing in some kind of world that's uh those are also good principles and lessons for concept artists i can imagine because yeah what you're saying about yeah, where it came from, uh, like what happened to you in the past, what's going to happen in the future. Uh, yeah, all, all those things will make your art better because uh, especially when it's character work, because they'll just make them feel authentic and mm -hmm. they, like they can live rather than it's a forced idea or just not thought out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you like often you can see a share of that. And it's not wrong, but it's really impressive when someone is such a good designer, concept artist that... Um, yeah their creation feels like it has a life on the, of its own yeah you know there's so many like it's actually like really created a, a living living character or something. Yeah. yeah i'm yeah. always always very impressed by that just the amount of thinking that goes into it and i think to that point it's very good to have a life that's outside of art i find because otherwise all you're going to bring in to your characters are people who make art you know, <laughs> maybe that's cool too but yeah just being just being outside of the, this world to be able to bring back into it uh, lately i've been thinking more and more of it which i think allows me to just take breaks from art and mm. not feel so guilty yeah <laughs> yeah is that something that you find happens to you or you feel guilty like oh i should be in the studio i think so and it's i think it is because i'm surrounded by people who are quite ambitious or i want to make sure that i keep up with the people who uh, create uh, illustrations or fine art yeah and i know it's it's kind of a un unrealistic goal or desire because you know eight hours of my day do go to this other thing yeah. which i also like quite a lot yeah it's, it's probably like yeah and it's not a rational feeling to be just wanting to paint all the time or something but well i was 
I mean, I had the exact same feeling when you asked me to come on here. Like, I listen to your podcast all the time. And, Thanks, and like, the people that you interview, like, uh, of course, it's an interview. So, you're going to be, like, talking about the highlights of the projects that oh, you're yeah. doing. But, uh, you know, you hear about these people working on things. Like, I ran into Tierney the other day because she was working on a mural just around the corner from our studio. And, you know, and it just seems like every other day she's, like, cranking out something yep. amazing and working That's on her. something new and interesting. And, uh, and uh, I was like, oh man I'm gonna come on here with Ilya and I'm not gonna have a thing to talk about you no. know well I think I think you have <laughs> a lot of things to talk <laughs> about but it's true right it's when you see yeah when you see your peers work really hard you yeah. just be like man I I'm already behind so what yeah. can I do it's so yeah I and it's so tough because clearly yeah I often hear talk about kind of you know what is life about in the end is it about making all the art in the world and Maybe that keeps me uh, a little relaxed, but uh, I, I put a lot of pressure and, and value on being a, uh, being a creative and constantly mm -hmm. creating. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's something I appreciate in people, or I, I, I look up to. So yeah, I feel like I have to try to keep up. I just <laughs> and there's also a difference between like w feeling like you want to be continuing to make stuff because it's like fulfilling on a on a personal level versus like wanting to keep making stuff for um you know for lack of a better word for like a career mm -hmm. move or something like that you know and uh it's just gonna be like what what those priorities are for you right that's why i think you know yourself better you know yourself better than i know myself oh, i don't know i'm having <laughs> trouble speaking today but there's some some there where i need to figure out what it is that i like the most so i can just go and do that yeah um do you do you know why art is important to you do you have a rational explanation for it rather than just a desire to create oh uh no i i mean i'd be curious in, in hearing like what your background is because i mean i think i mostly draw and do that kind of stuff because it was just like around me when i was growing up like my mom was um a visual art teacher before she retired and my dad worked in design and photography studios and stuff like that and so uh, working on creative projects was just like the thing that you did at home <laughs> and so it's it seems like in many ways I feel like it, it would be a far interesting story if you like have parents like that and then you decide to become an economist <laughs> but uh, but yeah I mean it was just like it's what I grew up doing so it just seemed entirely natural that that's what you would do right so that's so funny that's it yeah yeah but yeah i mean now, i, I kind of yeah i know and now like i i wouldn't even know what to do with myself if like uh if uh i turned around and like you know someone said like you know what we don't draw anymore yeah you gotta find something else art careers are gone robots are doing it so yeah. okay. <laughs> ai has taken over <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you, yeah i mean what well, was it around when you were growing up or did you find it later in life uh, my mom would take me to art lessons when I was younger and yeah. I think that's probably where it started but it's interesting that because you know I think a lot of kids do art when they're younger it just seems yeah. to be a thing that people do both of my brothers did it as well mm. uh, at the same time as myself and then I was a the, la like the only one who kept doing kept it. doing it just yeah I mean they're they're very much interested in cars and motorcycles and right uh, engines and all that which is pretty fascinating to me as well but just yeah my paths just went the other way so it's sometimes that explanation doesn't work just because it was yeah there. no totally yeah no, yeah but but it's curious because yeah now we're adults and 
technically yeah you have a choice to do it or not so just i feel like the the answer is not very satisfying that's like well i kind of just did it all the time so yeah. <laughs> continue doing it. there's got to be more i'm trying to think well it's yeah, it's expression but i i don't have uh i don't think i have a, a really like grandiose idea of art because often enough it doesn't feel like it's matters at all or mm. is not important oh, why do i make stuff i don't know feels like part of identity and yeah it's like it's a constant struggle which is cool i think we all it's good to have something to always uh, it's good to have like a goal that'll never be achieved i think mm. and it brings a lot of interest to life yeah, uh, yeah. like you were saying before the people who have not realized what they're really interested in and i imagine and some people i know it seems to it's got to be hard to even just try to find what that, that interest is to you to find that extra meaning in life i think yeah yeah so yeah, i guess we're lucky huh <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i couldn't agree more you know it's uh it, it I, i i like i do wonder sometimes like what i would do in the hours of the day if if i like i didn't draw you know <laughs> you think like oh man i could do any number of things but uh I could watch so much tv i can watch so much tv and there's so much good stuff out there right now <laughs> uh, uh also <laughs> i want to play more video games actually but <laughs> i wish i had more time i like art but yeah if i didn't like it i'll be playing a lot more video games probably too <laughs> they're just so good these days <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, th th uh, is there anything that you're currently trying to uh, resolve? Or is there anything that's on your mind as far, uh, or artistically? Uh, is there like a thought that's constantly there? Uh, I mean, I kind of said it before where I feel like I'm in maybe like a bit of a rut as far as the, the subject matter that I'm working in. And, and uh, yeah, so I, like I have things that I, I like to work on and like any sort of like creative pursuit where you feel like well you know i just have to like pick a time and mm -hmm. start you know like i'd i'd like to see how um figurative work inter inter kind of like sex with something in the physical world you know like what does a figure look like if it's uh if it's life size and it's mm -hmm. like cut out of some kind of physical medium you know and uh and then it you're kind of like confronted with it versus uh just looking at it on like the couple <laughs> inches of your phone right um so I, i'd be interested in in and seeing kind of where that would force my work to go and Yeah, and I mean, I like I like building things, and so I'm interested in kind of how things exist in the physical world. So that would be something that that I definitely like to um, to do. But it's let's just, find more time for you. Yeah, let's let's, let's carve out. Oh. It's just like saying I gotta do it, right? Let's create 28 hour days instead. Yeah, <laughs> just give four extra hours to everyone and make something cool. Uh, I just had a question in my mind. I don't want to do a long, long silence. There's something there. I like that on your website. While I'm trying to think, I like that on your website. Uh, in your description, also, you wrote. I have a quote here. I just thought it was really well written. Oh. <laughs> uh, so here it goes. With a reverence for design history and craving for tangible brand experiences, I approach work with an incurable personal investment and workmanlike disposition towards getting the job done. Yeah, such a that's quite a statement. Powerful. Yeah. Could probably <laughs> use a, a period or a comma or something no, in there. Strong. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you know, you <laughs> encounter brands and organizations where it feels um, 
like somebody has really built something and and that can take all kinds of forms but but uh and it's never something that i've done but i feel like sometimes when you go into retail spaces or restaurants that have been like really um designed with a vision in mind it's uh, i find that design so inspiring because it's 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 like somebody is opening a door to you and saying like come into this world and like Mm -hmm. you know we've designed this space and we want you to participate with a lot of care and attention to detail right yeah like you you believe it yeah yeah yeah, exactly and so but i I mean even though so much of my work exists in the like purely digital realm um i would love to and it is stuff that i do at the studio because we work in kind of like the physical environment um yeah and as far as like the workman like disposition you know i i just feel like uh working in the creative field it's uh it's it's inexcusable to say like well inspiration didn't strike you know <laughs> and uh, yeah, i had no choice <laughs> i just feel like it's a job you got to get it done and uh, and i think that that that's that's part of that uh that great pressure that we have as commercial artists is to like deliver on something that's very well said very very uh, yeah it's, it's strong it's a power- <laughs> powerful <laughs> sentence <laughs> so, so this is what i, I was going to ask you before um, i want to talk a little bit about learning and how you approach just trying to get better in art in general i uh, was flipping through images on your website and even just looking at them it's really impressive actually like I, I looked at your 2016 beach house illustration oh for the theater company and then yeah. 2017 right. and it's 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 pretty crazy the jump like, oh, it's thanks. actually and is there anything specific that you did in that year but it just looks like i mean the 2016 one is good but then like <laughs> boom they just see you, you you're different artist oh i mean i think it, it's just it's time right like you know it's like you guys doing the painting at, at lunchtime and then you know a couple weeks in you're like oh like this is jumped up it is just time i mean you know uh, i did those posters at the tail end of finishing school and then the next year of course like a year passed where i'd been able to like work on a lot more of my own projects and just like devote a lot more time to drawing and um and i think you also you know you sometimes just like get lucky with a composition or an idea (laughs) or whatever it is and and there's uh there's something that like you've managed to just grab out of the air and uh and sometimes it comes together and sometimes it doesn't because like the posters this year I'm, I'm happy with how they came out and, and the theater company is happy with them but i feel like i didn't knock it out of the park in a way that i would have hoped and and uh and i think it's you know it's kind of what you said where you're like you're constantly pushing for this this uh this ideal of creation that uh, that you couldn't even maybe define but mm-hmm. you're like you know it's there and so you're just like chipping away at it and uh and uh and trying to reach it and um and <laughs> yeah and sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't right you said you get lucky with compositions how do you um how do you create start your projects like uh, is there an ideation project uh process you go through to get to the final result yeah is there i mean it's it's uh it, it's all drawing right like it's a sketchbook you, you don't write things down before starting and it's just jump into sketching yeah i mean for that theater company that i've done work for for a really long time it's uh it, it it's an interesting kind of project because like you're working from um 
uh, a source material, right? Like you're working from the script and that's going to be the play that they're going to be doing. And so, you know, you read the play and, and I always like take notes as, uh, as I'm going through it. And, and, you know, certain images will pop into your mind as, as you, uh, as you read it. And, and, you know, then once you've kind of like finished the whole thing and you have mm -hmm. the kind of whole idea of the play sitting in your head, then, then I move on to thumbnails and you take it from there and start hashing it out with the clients and see what they like and see what you like and see if you can find something in between. And it's the same for personal work or is there any? Yeah, with, with personal work, it's, uh, it's not as formalized, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and maybe interesting stuff. it's the, it's the same with you. Like, um, I like this kind of combination of figures with more kind of like decorative graphic mm -hmm, yeah. elements and uh and i rarely plan those out in in advance usually i'll do the figure or whatever kind of like other elements are in the composition and then uh and then once i have that kind of sorted out then i see how the the decorative elements fit into it and in some ways it's kind of like i've created a, a problem for myself about having to like fit those other things in and uh, rather than from like the beginning of the project having it all kind of like predetermined i like that kind of like obstacle at like three quarters of the project mm -hmm. where you're like okay well how am i gonna how am i gonna fit these other things in i actually had a question written down about those elements specifically uh, how you design them because often it seems like they're tied into the story mm. but is there just like a subtle way of telling a little bit extra bit about what is happening yeah uh, is that typically the approach for uh, those elements yeah yeah definitely i mean it's uh you know the sort of drawn part of it evolves as you work on it and you're thinking about like who this character is or, or what's this piece going to be about and um and I like having those graphic pieces be kind of like a point of distinction uh, of the illustration. And I think <laughs> sometimes I'll like show it to somebody and be like, you know, that would probably be a nice illustration even if you didn't put that thing <laughs> on. And yeah. yet I can't help but like want to put it on because I feel like sometimes um, with, with illustration or art or whatever it is, you have to give people something to like disagree with, you know? Like I, I'm not entirely interested in doing something that's just um, purely uh, like a pleasurable composition. Like I want to put something in there that maybe doesn't totally feel right, and um, and yeah, yeah. I think like a point of distinction is the best way of describing it. Where it's like you could you could like it or not like it, yeah. but there's going to be some kind of opinion on it. That's got to be the quote of the day, though. That I'll I'll have to write this down. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta people gotta give people something they're gonna disagree with. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's very good. I think that's where personal taste comes in because you don't yeah. want to appeal to the masses. I guess they're do. That's yeah. Well, well spoken. I don't know where you learned that, but it's <laughs> pretty cool. I mean, I, I I don't know what appeals to the masses necessarily, and and I'm always trying to make like a nice looking image, but I feel like. Um, you want to have some kind of a tension. Yeah, in yeah, there, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. That's another good way to put it. Yeah. Now I'll have to. I'm just trying to think about it now. What is it that I would paint? That. Yeah, it's just sometimes like. Yeah, whether if you hear people's uh, critique or comments about your work, and they're saying like, "Oh, I wish you didn't put this," and you're like, but <laughs> "That's my favorite part, though." Yeah, of course. I it think that's, that's probably way. what that is. Yeah. Like, no, that, that's exactly what I have to keep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. despite all of you. <laughs> um, when I was uh, when I was a teenager, uh, 
I guess, I don't know, my mom or somebody had brought home um, the movie Basquiat about Jean-Michel Basquiat, mm-hmm. yep. film directed by Julian Schnabel, and uh, it just, like, totally blew my mind, and I think uh, Basquiat's work just has, like, always informed kind of how I, I think about composition, because all of his paintings are just working on so many levels. You know, he has the, like, uh, rendered things, you know, like you'll have a face or you'll have a hand or something like that that is, like, properly, quote-unquote, rendered, and then you'll have, like, a text on top of that, and the text will be crossed out, and then you'll have some kind of, like, silkscreen part, and, and he has all these kind of, like, different elements that are in conversation with one another, and even though my work like bears no real like aesthetic relationship to to his paintings that's kind of how i've always thought about it where it's like how do you have these different things talking to one another like all these way? elements and layers yeah working together yeah i gotta watch a documentary actually yeah yeah there's there's a new one that's come out recently yeah is it as good i i haven't seen it you know we'll have to find out yeah you, you would yeah. know better so i'll be waiting if, if it's informed your process so much <laughs> It better not go the other way. You're gonna see the new documentary. Be like, no, this this actually kind of sucks. Yeah, <laughs> don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> uh, let's see. Man, I don't think we'll be able to get through all of these. Uh, let me. I'll have to be. I'll have to be picky now. Um, uh, do you want to name a couple of art heroes and why, or is there if there's a yeah people you most admire? Yeah. Um, outside of art or in inside of art world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean. Basquiat, he's yeah. just total giant. Um, Lion Decker, I mean, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know anybody who <laughs> could paint a hand like that guy. Like oh, his so good. his understanding of form and light is just incomparable. And and I mean, in my extremely small way of trying to like uh, use figures um, as as like form mm-hmm. is is something that like I really try to pay attention to like the silhouette of a of a figure and uh and his work I mean it, the compositions are absolutely impeccable in the way that like uh, a character creates a, a shape mm-hmm. in that composition yeah, yeah, and interacts yeah. with them and I mean to say nothing of his just like absolute genius of actually painting um and uh like more contemporary guys like Sterling Hundley, his conceptual oh, yeah. thinking is genius. That's yeah. He, I feel like I draw, drew a lot of lessons from his just like that ideation process he talks yeah. about. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, just the way that he plays with uh, with like really sl- subtle distortions of figures and his compositions again are like totally brilliant. Um, Gary Kelly, uh, who's who is worth like mostly in chalk pastels, and I think he does. Um, he has sort of like a broader range now but again his compositions are totally brilliant about like how all the figures sit together so those guys are right up there yeah and i I feel like with the what stood out about sterling hunley is that um everything has a reason even the distortion he's so thoughtful and that's you know uh, we just chatted about good designer concept art about like thinking about everything that's come before or after yeah when he thinks an idea he he's kind of a i would say a perfect example of like conceptual and technical meat and then you, you got yeah. like there's so much thought behind everything and and then you get the beautiful execution yeah yeah exactly like uh. he's got all this thinking behind it and then of course the actual art is yeah. extremely beautiful but 
but he could express like exactly why one thing is drawn in a certain way in order to reinforce the idea mm -hmm. yeah. and it's what what's interesting about his work which i like a lot and i think it's similar to yours is that both of you i think i was saying this before is that you use you you often use line work and drawing f even if, if it's for shapes uh, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I would say makes it dynamic because it's uh, like hatching and and cross hatching it feels like another way to bring in impressionism into your work on a yeah. different scale and i think there's motion in it anyways i, I really like it, that about both of you guys work do you let me think yeah i'm just actually curious how did that start out is it because you always sketched and then just translated into your illustrations yeah i think it's just because i've never really been um like like a painter in the true kind of sense of um uh, of trying to like render mm -hmm. things in in sort of uh, um, a natural way and it's always just been about like drawing and that's just you know it's pen to paper right and so when when i now do uh the kind of illustration work that i do it's just comes directly out of that and and uh and i i always want my work to have um uh i want it to look quite obviously like an illustration like mm -hmm. i want there to be a fakeness about it and <laughs> that's um, what illustration is well you know like um like when i was an actor like the work that i really loved was uh like bob wilson and robert lepage where they they're creating these incredibly rich worlds um that are talking about genuine ideas but they're they're quite obviously like worlds into themselves that don't mm -hmm. exist in sort of like the one that we walk around in and uh and i like that kind of like artistic um construction mm -hmm. about it you know and so so i i guess i think about my illustration in that way where it's like it's an artistic construction it's it's Re no reflection of like the world that we're familiar mm -hmm. with so like rather than recreation it's uh yeah it's 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 like you making it you're showing how you see it rather than what it actually is in front of you kind of yeah or just yeah. that like it exists and and you guys probably think about that all the time with the the line of work that you're in where mm -hmm. you're like i i'm developing a world mm -hmm. right that is like distinct from the yeah, one yeah, that yeah. you may be familiar with that's cool uh, yeah i sorry i'm just like we're we're sweating in here we're sitting in and <laughs> <laughs> so we're in uh, hastings street save on radio but i feel like we should have turned that I think the AC is on, but I'm just, uh, I'm melting. I think I'm missing some questions or something. Uh, but kind of to finish up this drawing uh, talk, it seems like um, you lean very heavily on it. And I've always, like, I've consist consistently heard it from many artists about the value of drawing and how, um, you know, whether you're going to end up painting with another medium, but it all starts out in that. Even mm. like if you're trying to create, a, like, a beautiful shape and then you're, if you're designing the way the cast shadow goes across it, right. that is drawing, you know, that, that yeah. that's where it, it all starts out. But uh, it's really cool to see you and other artists create a look where you don't have to deviate from it much and then still create. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I just really like that aesthetic of yeah being able to use just drawing skills to kind of do its most uh, efficiency and like, being having it visible. And, it, and there's something where it feels like going back to the handmade feeling. It mm. feels like you're you're doing a finished piece, but you're also not hiding everything where you, you know, some artists, especially like if you're seeing airbrushed work or something, yeah. you're like, just got this, everything perfectly soft. And it, it feels 
sometimes it feels just so odd but i think maybe that's also like i'm trying to understand like that satisfaction of just seeing the those marks yeah. yeah 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 and i think really for me it's like it's so much about the the physicality the of, yeah. of doing it like you, you know even though it is a digital medium like it's that act of of drawing that is so much um of interest to me when i'm making that piece mm -hmm. so it's um it it comes out of that i suppose do you want to do you want to talk about the i think recently you had a i don't know it was an art block or a little uh what do you say i think it was like feeling stuck in your work oh yeah yeah well it's just <laughs> how do you work through that because it seems like you're uh, back on track making lots of work oh well i mean i think i don't know i mean the work that i've done like since uh since expressing that on that post like it I, the work is still kind of in this like um small kind of world that i i work in but um i think you gotta just like keep making stuff right like it's uh, but do you know why it happened do you know why you got stuck um i don't know i think maybe it had been that uh that i'd been working on like some some client projects in the last while and um and just wondering about kind of like how, how my work was like fitting into the world, you know, and, mm. and um, wondering about like how I could how I could broaden that or um, does it matter if it fits? I don't I guess it's just like, um, you know, I feel like now maybe I have a, a familiarity with my range of abilities and I'd like to see it applied um, because I mostly work in kind of a bubble of <laughs> my own work, mm -hmm. and and it would be good to make work that's of uh, of a value that's kind of like external to your own satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And and I guess that's why you're saying you want to pick up some projects that are not self-initiated, so that it does yeah. have value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that having that extra purpose to creating artwork uh, sometimes is pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, it, it becomes meaningful. It's not just a file that's just saved on the computer. You're like, well, that's done. Exactly. I think that's yeah. why I actually have hard times. I used to, I used to say, going home and working on digital art, especially like concept art, felt really hard. It felt mm. like a job, but I wonder if it's also because it is just well, you know, did that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is maybe the wrong attitude because that's what practice is. Practice is you do that and then nothing happens to it. I mean, live drawing is like you're just throwing out paper every time you go to live drawing. So yeah. Got to figure out this attitude towards art. It's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky because you also don't want to just uh, be making a bunch of things that that just also clutter up the <laughs> visual world, you know? Like there's a yeah. lot of things on offer that people can spend their time spend their money on and uh and it makes you wonder like am i going to be contributing something to the world that is is going to be of some perceived value or is it just like a bunch of stuff that is in the closet you know see that's probably an answer to why you also make art i know you didn't mention it but i think contributing which is hard with art but yeah finding a way to contribute that's that's cool yeah, yeah. i mean i think for lots of people it's it's the way you're trying to reach out right mm-hmm and make art yeah but I'm, I'm just trying to um, think about kind of why and what your approach on making art is and why you make it because you're saying you don't want to put out the clutter into the world when really when you look into it it's very cluttered yeah with a lot of a lot of different things you you're probably one in a thousand <laughs> of people who don't want to put out too much stuff out there <laughs> everyone else is just drawing it just just put it up here's yeah. a sketch <laughs> I, I think I think it's just comes from 
an understanding that like I, I work and live in the creative world where people um, ostensibly are interested in this kind of thing and uh, and would like spend money on prints and and buy art and stuff like that and and it's a rare occasion that I actually do and so <laughs> if if I'm in a position of like uh, proximity to like doing that kind of thing it seems unreasonable or unrealistic that I would expect somebody else who would have uh, perhaps a far lesser relationship to the art world to to want to spend their time and money on it so it's uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just totally self-defeating. So what I was gonna, what I was gonna say is that is that really the right way of thinking? Because I was spo- uh, speaking with a friend yesterday about how, um, you know, I don't buy pi- I don't buy two thousand dollar paintings. Yeah. Does that mean <laughs> like I should not be, uh, like, does it mean my paintings can't be of that certain range? Because some people are probably, you know, there's people who are very happy to get it, and the fact that it is at a certain price mark make makes the piece only better. You know, the yeah. there's a like the added value. Of the cost actually you know psychologically probably makes the piece even more special and yeah that's another side you can get into and and don't take my comment to mean that i'm diminishing what people price their work at it has nothing to do with that but but just you saying that because you're not buying prints you shouldn't sell prints basically is what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) you're just not you're just not your own target audience yeah uh, yeah i don't know maybe do you not make art for yourself or do you no i do and and i guess that's kind of why like it doesn't go often further than that because I think um, it's like, well, I'm finding this satisfying <laughs> to do. And uh, and I got it for free because I <laughs> made it. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. why can't uh, Why can't everyone have this art for free? <laughs> Just got to release those digital files. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, this is the kind of thinking that, yeah, I, I got a break when I had... Um, the artists here from uh, the South who are going to have the show at South Main Gallery. It was really cool to hear their perspective just because it felt like they're, they're, they're quite experienced in the art world and it was their main way of making a living. And so their approach mm. to this kind of thinking is a lot, compared comparative to mine, is a lot more mature and thought out where it was cool to learn from it just because, yeah, clearly the, 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 like in my case, the thought is, you know, that feels kind of too expensive. But then if I look back and like try to count up the hours that I spent on a piece of art, it's like, it actually kind of makes sense because otherwise it'd just be very sad. Like, yeah. I, I guess I'm paying myself a dollar an hour. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, th- and yeah, this, that's why it's such a, always such an odd crossover. I keep bringing back, but just the, the financial side of it because, you know, it kind of is tied into our world that way. And it's got, it's got a place in it. Like uh, there's a place for these kind of conversations, I guess. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I guess the other thing that I think about is, um, you know, often the opportunities in sort of like our day-to-day lives where we spend our money is uh, is seemingly so one-sided. Like, oh, I don't want to spend X amount of money for this thing because it doesn't feel like of value to me. Mm-hmm. But then it's... Uh, you know, if you are going to buy, like, a piece of art, you're going to make some... You're going to buy something that, like, you can shake the hand of the person who made it. Like, it goes both ways, oh right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like y- you're you're giving them money for something, but you're also getting so much value in return for this thing. Mm-hmm. And that... Uh, and through your, like, patronage, you're helping them continue do the thing that they do. And, 
There you and, go. It, and it seems like often a challenge to find those kinds of opportunities in our lives. But that's well that's said. like a satisfying yeah. way to like pay for things. That's a better way to think about it, yeah. yeah. What, uh, what's your ideal lifestyle? Uh, I mean, I have nothing to complain about. Um, <laughs> my you're, current you're just such a happy person. <laughs> it's so good to have you here. <laughs> when you're saying before, you're like, oh, I'm happy doing design, happy doing personal work. I love hearing that because for the longest time and sometimes I still think that I'm kind of doing it wrong. But mm. it's, it's really nice to meet people who are, yeah, just doing two things or more than two and it works. Well, I mean, I don't know necessarily what your backstory is, but like, I'm sure you've had lousy jobs in the past, and oh like, yeah. I've yeah. worked tons of jobs <laughs> where you just feel like, ah, these hours cannot go fast enough, and mm-hmm. and so to be able to like go to the studio and and talk to creative people and work on things that are going to be out in the world, and then have my evenings to work on my my own projects, like I don't know, it's it's pretty good. I, love I mean, love maybe it. if there was like. Uh, an opportunity to have a more even split split that would be good or uh, to feel like um, there maybe wasn't quite such like a sharp divide between the illustration design work that I do Mm -hmm. like poster work and packaging work and stuff like that and uh, and what I do um, during the day like it would be nice to have more crossover in that way makes me very happy to hear it though (laughs) it's a real thing happiness for artists yeah (laughs) who are splitting their time so cool yeah i think uh when eric potes wasn't here as well he talked about it it just yeah it's cool to see people doing what they like and maybe what they're meant to do and just going down that path it's cool it feels like uh, yeah like you're set on it and there's meaning and all basically all, all you need from that point just time to see where it goes yeah and and I think it's interesting if you are going to make a creative project out of life that you also have this other thing that's maybe not related to it. Like, unfortunately, the name uh, of the artist, um, uh, I can't think of. But, like, there's this artist who was a career painter, and yet he delivered mail. Like, oh. like you know, that Good was, combo. like, his actual job. And, uh, and yet he was, like, a really well-respected painter. And, uh, and that he had these kind of, like, dualities in his life. And, and I think that that's really, like, an interesting way to live, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't be without its challenges. But, yeah. th- like, that's an interesting tension. I think, honestly, I think my problem is um, it's that, like, if not comparison, it's that feeling that you have to, uh, like I was saying before, keep up. You see people working hard. And yeah. You feel like uh, that's probably the problem because, you know, why the pressure? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just asked the question, but I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Um, what is your What is your greatest extravagance? I, I took these questions from a Prost questionnaire, by the way. It's very very impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He has like this yeah, uh, yeah. set of questions. I, I, I'm trying to learn from people who are a, a lot better at learning and interviewing people and just finding out all the good stuff. Anyways, but what is your <laughs> greatest extravagance? Greatest extravagance. Well, I think. Uh, my wife would be quite honest to tell you that <laughs> I am frugal to a fault, but um, but uh, the clothes that I buy, I guess, would be an extravagance just because I like to buy a lot of vintage, and, and, and it can be cheap, but it can also not be cheap, and, and I like to buy clothes from uh, from the people who I know are making them and, uh, and that I have a relationship with so that uh, so that you feel like 
you're you're helping keeping their mm-hmm. business alive and so yeah i i suppose like the things that i wear would be uh would be the extravagance but it 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 it, it doesn't feel frivolous you know okay yeah very impressive <laughs> Like a true artist, you're, you're <laughs> buying clothes from the people, right from the people who make them. Yeah, uh, just to mention in particular, there's uh, this couple, Will and Marie, in the UK, and they operate a clothing company called Old Town. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a joke if you know me, because it sounds like such an enormous cliche based on my personality, <laughs> but beautiful clothes and, and wonderful people. Yeah. Have you met them? Yeah, uh, yeah. Years ago, I I kind of uh, connected with them because they were uh, they were hiring customers to be uh, in a photo shoot um, f- for uh, for their clothing company, and so so I met them through that. Very yeah. cool. So you have met the people you get clothes from. Yeah, yeah, Impressive. exactly. I, I yeah. I'll have to learn from you, and yeah. I'll, I'll just have to hang out with you so I can, like get some uh, of that fa- fashion sense. <laughs> soaking into me yeah we'll see i'll see if i can make it work um what is your biggest failure uh you know i was i was uh, listening back to a bunch of your interviews recently and mm-hmm. uh, and i i know this is like a question that you ask people so i was like mm-hmm. oh i gotta have an answer for that and i think it's <laughs> damn it you're prepared <laughs> that's not the point i think it's that uh i far too easily uh <laughs> talk myself out of opportunities that would be really beneficial like uh i can relate like i was like oh surely i can find an excuse to like get out of talking to iliana's podcast even though i'm sure it would be fantastic and i really want to meet the guy but i'm like oh god i'm I'm not gonna know what to say anything like that so i think uh as far as regrets (laughs) go it's um it's my ability to like dissuade myself from doing Mm. things far too easily it's so nice at home. Yeah, exactly. I got a coffee in my hand. Yeah. It's too nice. Why would I go anywhere? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. can relate to it. No, I'm 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 uh, very honored, as I said, that you that come up. It's good. I'm glad you fought yourself. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I'll, I it would only be a regret if I didn't come. <laughs> uh, do you do you make plans like one year, five year, ten year plans for your life? I am appalling at making plans. <laughs> I uh, I can't do it for the life of me. Um, but, uh, but I I feel like as I get older, you, uh, and, and (laughs) not that I'm at any sort of advanced age necessarily. You keep saying you're older, but you don't, I don't know. You don't look like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're you're trying to say. Well, I don't know. I guess it was just because like I, I, I entered design school after like doing a bunch of Mm, things and you know, like when you go back to school in your late twenties and a lot of people are fresh out of school. And, and I had people who were, uh, older when I was in theater school. And I remember having a totally immature opinion of them and thinking like, how do you not have your life together? And then of course, like 12 years later, I was in that exact position. <laughs> and, um, but anyways, to answer your question, I feel like, um, as you get older, you, you're more aware of like the passage of time, and mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think making plans is definitely something I should spend more time doing. Yeah, and then when, once you start thinking about how long each piece of art takes, you're like, wait, I can only make this many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's only so many years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing people don't talk about enough, and I'm upset that we're running out of time. Which one thing people don't talk about is that throughout your life, you're gonna change your careers most likely very many times, or just this. Like, I feel like everyone. I mean just remembering being and you know whether it was like finishing high school or institute it was just like 
this is it. This is only one thing. Yeah. You, you have, you're not going to do anything else from now on. Yeah. And it feels like there's so much pressure to be this one thing. And you're like, am I making a mistake? And it's like, well, I should stop saying like, but you see so many people who've done so many mm-hmm. different uh, jobs. They have so many different interests and they're able to weave their life as it changes, as their interests change through to these yeah. other uh, avenues. And Yeah. People should talk about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's maybe like a naivety about when you're young, you want to feel <laughs> like you're uh, confident in your decision to like make a choice of what mm-hmm. you're going to do with your life. And then it's only with like the passage of time where you realize, oh, like maybe maybe I want to change, you know? Yeah. Uh, is art important? That's the last one. Is art important? I think art is important for the artist and its audience. <laughs> well said i don't know what an answer to this question is i was i was driving here this uh to the to do the talk with you and just yeah sometimes i feel excited about art some days i'm like i don't know why but i, I, I once uh, once again i said before it's very good to have you here because i think you brought a lot of positivity oh. and i'm very happy that how confident you are in this art pursuit it makes me feel good so thank you so much for uh, joining oh my pleasure well i'm glad i brought some optimism because usually i'm accused of being a curmudgeon so uh so that's nice to hear <laughs> <laughs> you also brought me a book what, what a what an amazing person you are looking forward to uh, flipping through those pages and uh yeah oh well, please yeah. enjoy all right um man uh, thank you so much uh how can people find you online yeah instagram is definitely the best way um yeah benjamin t stone at instagram and uh yeah send me a message if uh, if there's anything that interests you very nice all right well uh everyone thanks for listening this was a very good one i was very uh, looking forward to it and finally got to meet the amazing benjamin stone oh, my with pleasure. an amazing name by the way i feel like as an artist with your interests and the fact that you have benjamin thompson benjamin t stone it's man you, your parents just did good <laughs> <laughs> they, they've yeah very cool <laughs> anyways uh let's see let's get some music going if you want to hear uh, more about creative theory podcast or find out who's coming up next and just say hi and tell me if you love it or hate it and if you want to get on let me know uh instagram creative theory podcast facebook creative theory podcast and all that um thank you so much for listening um i appreciate you all have a good day make lots of art and um, we'll see you soon bye